Can you lend me a jar of What love? are you doing? Stop. Another What's up, folks? Welcome. It's another edition. It's hitting the high notes. Jazz talk. Uh, we're the podcast where just we keep our pulse on Jazz Nation, figure out what everybody's talking about, and then we just um, uh, you know go long form here. First off, I want to introduce um, uh, you know it's the you know he's everywhere you want to be. It is um, uh, Jerry. What's up, man? Am I like what Visa or American Express or what, what are we talking about here? I am. Uh, I may miss the delivery, but it's all right. We'll we'll continue. We'll keep going with that. There, um, uh, he's all you wanted. It's um, uh, Mr. Dragon's question himself, Logan Cox. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to start the podcast this way, but unfortunately, I don't really see a future with this team. I've done everything I can here, <laughs> and if you guys could accommodate a trade to either um, the twos and threes. Or even home court press for some second round picks. I would be more wow. than uh, appreciative. Wow! Um, All of the second round picks here to the high notes. I'm, okay, that's um, uh, that's hurtful, Logan. but okay. Logan, I'm a who 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 weighs more, you or James? I I no comment. That's why my Zoom isn't on right now. So um, <laughs> that's good. Those 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 photos are really interesting because you see the warm up photos and and the, the the comments are made, and then you see him in the game and he looks normal again. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what uh, what what plan what plan he is on. But, he uh, looks normal again during the games. I I kind of don't agree with that assessment, but okay. We, we're burying the lead, which is awful in, in the newspaper world. We have um, a different new superstar. Um, uh, welcome back to the pod um, uh, at NBA Sarah. It's Sarah Todd, what's up, Sarah? Not much. Um, I I would contend that Harden's arms still look pretty jacked but that he does look bloated maybe that's from like wings or hangovers i don't know so <laughs> i'd say a little from column a a little from column b is probably right and you can follow me on twitter at who superman h-u-u-t-r-a-n superman at superman superman um on the on the twitter and ig sarah welcome back thank you for coming back on um it's a late night wednesday night uh, the Jazz were supposed to play a game in Washington tonight. That game is postponed. The Jazz get to fly home. Uh, how do you think Jazz players uh, feel about that? Have you talked to them? I mean, uh, are they are they you know maybe relieved they get an extra day off? Or we don't we usually see on long road trips that teams start to like falter, but the Jazz looked fine in, in uh, Cleveland on Tuesday. Um, uh, this was a uh, six games, nine days. It was supposed to be seven and ten. Their road trip cut a day short. How, how do you think um, uh, that feels for the Jazz team? I mean, I talked to uh, some of the guys after the last game about it, and more than anything, they were just like, it's a long road trip. So, like, yes, we're happy to be going home early because we all want to be in our homes more than we want to be on the road. But, I mean, really, it only separated their games and their off days by one extra day. So it's not—it's more like what we would have seen in like an 82-game regular season with two days in between a couple of games rather than just one that they would have had. So it's not much of a difference for them. Right, because they, they play again Friday? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they get the home Friday against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so we, we were joking about it in the, in the open there. Uh, big news came down this afternoon um, uh, while some of us were at work. Um, James Harden, after um, uh, throwing a little hissy fit, 
Um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably a better way to say that, but throwing a little hissy fit, um, uh, I guess the, the game after the Lakers, uh, finally gets uh, his wish, I guess, forcing his way out of Houston, going to uh, Brooklyn in a massive four-team trade. Uh, Logan, um, you know, when you heard the news, what, what were your thoughts? Uh, I, I initially want to refuse to talk about James Harden getting his way. Uh, my hope is that we find out tomorrow through Woj that they actually traded to the New Jersey Nets. And uh, that's I, – I mean, I, I, there's not a whole lot to say about it. I mean, he, he this is what he always wanted, and it's just another one we can chalk up to. You know, when NBA stars ask for something, they usually get exactly what they want. So, um, uh, I think this not, is cautionary. Not, be careful. Not, 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 surpri- not surprised that he ended up there. It, it will, I think it will be very interesting to watch those three uh, Those three try to – well, maybe two and a half. I'm not really sure if we have a full three. Right, but it, 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 it'll be interesting to watch it for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, nothing – it wasn't too surprising. Jared, you big, be careful what you wish for. Oh, sorry, Sarah, go ahead. Just the big two and a half. I like that. I'm going to keep that. Stores, <laughs> <laughs> you can keep it. Uh, store Fridays. Um, Jared, um, uh, big trade. Um, uh, you said be careful what you wish for, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, the problem is in Brooklyn, uh, you've got nothing but – hardened enablers there and Kevin Durant doesn't have the reputation of say Draymond Green to bark at people to keep him in line so I don't know how well that's going to work with no disciplinarian involved um good luck Brooklyn I mean I hope I really hope this works out better for them than last time because last time was so bad yes then Brooklyn Brooklyn with Brooklyn or with what you know this is like 22 jump street it's not 21 jump street it's like let's do the same thing in brooklyn but different and 22 jump street is arguably a better movie than 21 jump street so maybe it'll work this time i get what you're saying about like um uh, the nets this is their second time in the last two decades and they've thrown away or not thrown away but like thrown a package of like all their future picks right uh yeah they're they're on one per decade now like they might do this next uh, decade I mean, you cover the NBA. Um, uh, you probably have a little more insight on what's going on here. Um, uh, what do you think about this power empower, player, player empowerment movement and players going to and creating super teams and mortgaging futures and everything? Well, first of all, I don't know that I would call what James Harden did a part of the player empowerment movement because I just don't have any time or respect for players that like you said throw hissy fits and it hasn't just been a hissy fit since the other night when they lost to the Lakers and he was like oh my team's not good enough we don't have the talent the chemistry blah blah just like blasting the crap out of his team and then being a part of this trade but it I mean it's been a hissy just constantly showing the team that he doesn't care about them he definitely has seemed special in in the in the levels to which he's taken it for sure it's it's, it seems to have been a a little more than most. Well, and they're so he's throwing his tantrums, and then he gets paired with another guy, Kyrie Irving, who loves to throw a tantrum and is currently right now like, no, where is Kyrie? And like, do we even know if he has a legitimate reason for being angry? Because like, there's rumors that he's not with the team because he was maybe mad that steve nash was put in place without his input like sorry guy no one cares about your input because usually it's bad and that's uh you know and so the chemistry issues are going to be interesting you know yeah you got 
I mean, so Durant and, and Harden have played together, but they haven't played together at this same level. You know, uh, Harden was coming off the bench for OKC, and there was touches enough in Oklahoma City, but it'll be interesting to see if if when if Kyrie comes back, um, uh, what that team does. I mean, they lost a lot of depth, uh, they lost some defense, but uh, real quick, guys, Sarah first, um, uh, Brooklyn here. Um, uh, are they the favorites in the East or top three, or where, where are they at in the East? I mean, it totally depends on like if Kyrie is going to come back. If and like you said, like there were touches of seeing, you know, Katie and Harden and what they could do when they were in OKC. But like the whole reason for James Harden leaving was like he wanted his own team, and and then him pairing with any other star, especially turbulent stars, which Katie and Kyrie have both been known to be turbulent in different situations. And that hasn't worked out for James Harden in the past. It didn't work out with Chris Paul. It didn't work out with Russell Westbrook. It didn't work out when he was alone. So I have no reason to believe that it's going to work out now, but you know, when you put three of the best players in the game together, there is definitely a chance that they'd be good. I mean, if if you're listening to the odds makers, then they have a, a way higher chance of making the finals than they did before today. Yeah. Uh, Jared? Well, um, I don't know if you guys listened to the low post, but uh, Zach Lowe had um, – oh, shoot. I always forget the guy's name from uh, from that from that stats website. I, I want to say Haynes, but it's not Haynes. It's the other guy because um, Chris Haynes is, is, is with Yahoo, and he does other stuff. Um, anyways, he basically said – the ch- the chance was two percent. Uh, oh wait, Chris the season. Yes, yes. Thank you, Herring. He's good. I like Herring. He's always says some really intelligent stuff. Anyways, he he said chances were at two percent before the season started, which he thought was way too low. Uh, generally speaking, now they're at sixteen percent for probability speaking, and that that offense is good, according to all the projections. All the all the numbers that offense is probably going to be one of the craziest best things you've ever seen if it's if you have all three of those players. Um, but the defense, he he said he did not like the trade because there's basically no defense on the roster. Yeah, it's, it's old DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, and old DeAndre Jordan is about as useful as a traffic cone. Um, Logan, he got benched for Jared Allen last night. Logan, uh, so yeah. So before the season, you know, I think you said Brooklyn was one of the top three teams in the East, uh, you know, in the, uh, before the season, right? Um, how, does this, how does this trade affect your thoughts about what Brooklyn is doing? doing? Uh, uh, first of all, I can neither confirm nor deny that Kyrie Irving is currently saging my garage. But um, he I, – I, I, still, I still hold true to it. I think they're going to be a, a one or a two or something's going to, you know, completely self-destruct and they end up just not even in the playoffs at all. So um, I, I, I still hold true to the same thought. And maybe that was just me assuming that Harden or someone would end up there, but I still think it's one or two. But. Um, so uh, as you put a nail into the story here, uh, let's finish up the trade. Um, I think, I'm just my memory, Karis LeVert goes to the Pacers. Uh, the Rockets get Victor Oladipo in like eight picks. Some of them are, are kind of late. And then um, – Dante Exum goes to the Rockets, and Cleveland actually got Jared Allen and Troy Prince and gave up very little. Uh, pretty good for Cleveland. Um, for the yeah, Rock- they, gave, they gave up a Milwaukee first, and that was – and Dante yeah. Exum and 
don't, I can't. Yeah. So Sarah, um, uh, what, what the Rockets did, do you think that's, do you think that's enough for James Harden at, you know, cause James Harden did sort of take his value a little bit, but they got a, an all-star from the East and a bunch of draft picks. And that's the, go, that's the Paul George rate, right? That, that's the going rate for. Yeah. And I, I, I really doubt that Oladipo is going to stay in Houston. It kind of feels like that's an, an asset they picked up so that they can trade it away. Uh, before the trade deadline. Um, But even if he stays there, I mean, I think that, you know, having Depot and John Wall playing next to each other, that probably looks good. And if, who knows what Houston's going to do, honestly, like they've got a rookie GM in place. They've got a brand new coach. Tillman Fertitta is one of the worst owners in the league, probably underneath James Dolan only. And so, I mean, it could all it could all implode again, or it could look really fun. Like that could be a really fun team to watch, and they got a like a trash load of draft picks in it, so they can rebuild if they decide to blow it all up. Yep. Sarah, bring in the fire here. Yeah, um, it's a good it's a good year to be Sarver, man. Like you went from being like second worst owner in the league to oh, I got Chris Paul on my team. I'm definitely top twenty five. <laughs> um, real quick, Sarah. So um, uh, you used to cover the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers, right? Uh, there's rumors yeah. today that uh, the that was going to be Simmons, Naxie, and Thibel, uh were part of the package to, to go to Houston. What package do you think is better? The, the Philadelphia package, the Brooklyn package, or what team do you think made the right move by not making a move or making a move? Well, I think it's actually – actually, I mean, if we're talking about the package that they chose, it probably shows a little bit more what Houston has in mind so that they – you know, if they were going to try to go for it now – then I think that they would have taken a Simmons Maxi Thibel package. Uh, if Philadelphia was willing to let go of both Maxi and Thibel, which I don't, from the way that the reports have come out, it kind of sounds like they wanted to part with one and not the other or sweeten the deal somehow else with Simmons. Um, but the fact that they went with the, you know, the trash bag of draft picks rather than uh, actual player asset it makes me think that they're going to be tearing everything down. Um, I, I like that you use the term trash bag of draft picks because I'm uh, uh, for those who don't follow Sarah on Twitter at NBA Sarah, um, she just moved. So I'm assuming you just had trash bags full of stuff that you were moving from one apartment to another. And so that's like in your head, like things that you have. Uh, I was a little bit upgraded from trash bags. It was boxes, but thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was all trash bags, so... I used I used today since there wasn't a game. Uh, I actually un unpacked the final box today. Oh, so. she's all she's officially moved in, and, and hopefully your your new neighbors are much better than your old neighbors. I don't have neighbors now. Top floor, baby. You <laughs> <laughs> Oh, now you now you can be that person. You can take your turn. <laughs> I'm an excellent around. neighbor. I'm an excellent neighbor. You should yeah. buy a parrot. You should buy a parrot and like four dogs. <laughs> what about tap dance shoes, man? You gotta suggest the tap dance shoes. <laughs> I only do my tapping on the sidewalk so that it doesn't annoy anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The, 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 the Houston thing make that makes a lot of sense, and I think that, that they should they should give old Presty run for his money and just unload and have a first round. Uh, first round draft pick tank off and just totally derail the Oklahoma city plan All to right. see who can first unload enough assets. Uh, it's going to be Oklahoma city and Houston for the next um, uh, five years, picking every guy they can. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to this episode. Also, thanks to our Utah sponsors, the Off-Broadway Theater in downtown Salt Lake and the Great Room Escape in Layton, Utah. If you have a second, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and all other podcast platforms. It helps us podcast out, and we will enter all written five-star reviews into a drawing for free tickets to either the Off-Broadway Theater or the Great Room Escape. Just write a five-star review, and you'll be entered to win. Um, so Sarah, let's um, uh, let's get to let's let's switch gears here. Let's go to the Jazz. Um, uh, so the Jazz are I'm doing it by memory seven and four now. Um, the last time we recorded a pod, it was a, a little bit down. Uh, the Jazz had just lost to uh, both New York teams. Um, uh, and little is an understatement. I listened to that episode. You yeah. two were so freaking Debbie Downer. I was sick. That's what we do. Uh, that is, uh, you know, I. Just, uh, um, no, I mean, you, we we can say that, but we also, you know, Quinn's clearly a listener of the podcast because after that, he made he he did he did mix things up a little bit. I'm glad I didn't have to pull out the Mizzou pictures, but uh, he, he he must be a listener, so yeah, our 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 anger was heard. Uh, so Sarah, we have questions about, cause I can, uh, you know, obviously we all watched, you know, we're all fans of the jazz, but you, you know, you cover the jazz, this is your job. This is your job to look at objectively. Um, so with the, with Quinn's offense, uh, it's talked about a lot about how like his office is a little bit harder to pick up a little bit more. Logan, what, what did you say his office was like? I don't, I, I, I've made no secret. I don't really understand the ins and outs. And so uh, like being with you guys and watching it on, on different things, people talk about his offense being extremely complicated. And I think who you said one time, other people have said that it's, it's, it's very basic. And I just, I don't understand it enough to know whether he's running an extremely complex offense by NBA standards or, or wh- which side it is. And if it does have anything to do with some of the slow starts that we, we tend to see. I think that a lot of the, the offensive things that, for Quinn Snyder, like when people refer to it as being complex, I think that a lot of it is actually terminology because for the most part, like all NBA teams are going to run some like just small differentiated version of the same stuff. Like everyone is going to run the same stuff. And there's often, I mean, especially in what Quinn's trying to do this season where it's a lot about early offense, like there's not a ton of plays that are being run. And that happens, uh, you know, when different defensive schemes are thrown at a team. Sometimes it requires more isolation, and then there's, like, not an offense being run at all. But mostly, like, when guys come to the Jazz, the big thing is that the Jazz use different terminology than a lot of the other teams. And so they have to, like, figure out what they're what they're talking about when, like, they call a certain play or they're asking for a certain pick. Like, Quinn might call it something different than other coaches have throughout the league. So, hey, Logan, translation for you as a Broncos fan, since I know that you consistently follow them. He, Quinn Snyder is a Shanahan because he, he terms everything differently. He's that kind of offensive coach. No, that, that makes plenty of sense. So, Sarah, why do you think that – I mean, if, if essentially everyone's running the same st- – similar style offenses, why, why do the Jazz go out and, and call it something differently? What, I mean, that's – if it's all similar sets, I guess what's the reasoning behind confusing people with words? I guess to I, mean, I guess 
I mean, it could be like a mixture of a lot of things. And there are, you know, some of the complex things are also like he has a ton of different variations on like ATOs or like different dead ball plays or like um, late clock plays or end of game plays. He has like a ton of those. And so maybe more than another coach would happen. So that adds to the complexity. But I mean, honestly, using different terminology and stuff, that's mostly, I think, uh, to get around like scouts and other teams being able to pick up on things as quickly. So you can't like scout as easily if like if the names of things are being changed often or if it's something that you don't recognize. Um, And maybe this Uh, is the Mandela effect, but um, uh, we as fans see – Jazz um, offenses start slowly. Is this is this some um, part of the reason why the Jazz offenses seem to start slow every year before they like really gain steam in the middle of the season? I don't I don't think that that's a good enough excuse because I mean if you were bringing in guys and like this year in particular maybe teams would like across the board would be able to use that as a good excuse because they didn't have like a lengthy training camp or preseason and some guys were coming in just right at the end, but. Uh, it's it's not good enough. I mean, especially no. like the no. team's not different enough for that to be an excuse. I mean, you've got exactly. Derek Favors, Derek Favors, who was just here like yesterday, and Jordan Clarkson was returning, so that's not a good enough excuse. And everyone else has been here pretty much. I mean, if you're talking about like deep rotational players, but they're not playing ever, so it doesn't matter. Oh, we're well, gonna get to that. We're gonna get that in a second here. That's a great. That's a great. That's a great. That's a great segue. I'm gonna yeah, she almost segued right into it. But I, before we get to that, I do want to get to. Um, now we talked about the offense. Now let's talk about jazz defense. Um, I haven't looked up. You know, you know, Sarah. I don't know if you listen, but we're not. We're not the analytical pod. There's there's, there's analytical pods out there. That's not us. Uh, but I'll give you the generalization. But I, I don't. It doesn't look like the jazz defense um, has been playing all that well. Uh, there's been some lapses and, um, one of my big things I've been bringing up a a lot this year is that with Bogdanovich out there, um, it just seems that our, our defense takes a huge shit and that Bogdanovich is not playing or playing it well enough to get that points back on offense. And with Mike and Donovan playing well, uh, you know, they're they're putting a lot of pressure on Royce and uh, and Rudy to kind of keep it afloat. And Bogdanovich just feels like that odd piece that's kind of in there right now. Um, and I know you, you wrote a piece about like how, you know, he, you know, he's coming back from wrist injury. Um, are his struggles like this year you think due to just the injury or is it just like the chemistry is not quite there, uh, as it was last year? Well, I mean, offensively, I think that his struggles are probably due to the surgery and coming back and he's still like a little bit uncomfortable and has soreness and, you know, that particular surgery that he had, um, part of, sorry about that. That's me. (laughs) Part of the surgery that he had is, uh, recovery from that is like, you're never guaranteed to have like the same type of, um, full follow through motion ability that you have. So you get a little bit of stiffness right at the end of the follow through. And he's probably always going to have that. And that's not going to change his ability to shoot, but it, probably feels very different for him. And that's why we've seen him like try to play with that wrist brace. And then he had the kinesiology tape on in the last game. And so like there, he's trying out different things to try and make himself feel as most normal as he can. And I think that that's just, I mean, that's going to be a little bit of a slow hill for him, but I don't have any concerns that he's going to get back to normal on the offensive end. On the defensive end, you're never going to have a team or you're very rarely going to have a team that has like the starting five are all 
defensive good players. There's always going to be someone the other team can pick on. And Boyan's that guy. Like the other team can totally target him. And that's fine. It's just that the other guys on the team have to be able to like pick up and help and rotate over in the correct fashion so that it's not blatant and that teams can't get away with that stuff. Uh, so I don't think that I'm kind of pounding on is that. Um, uh, so the jazz right now, so not just bogey, but like Donovan and, and Mike seem to, especially Donovan sometimes gets lost on the defensive end. Does that make it hard for this jazz team to be, you know, a top 10 offensive and defensive team? Uh, because, um, you know, it's not just bogey they're picking on, they're picking on Donovan and Mike's, you know, he's, he's active out there, but um, he's also a little bit older and, um, you know, bigger backcourts are going to tower over Donovan and Mike in the backcourt. Yeah. I don't think that there's, I mean, part of, there's a lot of people that would say like, you know, if Donovan is required to like play top tier defense and that takes away from what he can do on the offensive end and, I don't know that I totally buy into that. Like if a guy is going to get tired because he's playing defense really well and he can't play on the offensive end, then like, I don't know that he should be playing NBA basketball. Um, I think that it's totally possible to be a great defensive player and a good offensive player. And so I think that there might be just a little bit of a focus problem with Donovan right now on that end, but also defense takes a while to like get into the groove more than offense does. So at early parts in the season, like right now, it doesn't concern me too much. We get 10, 15 more games into the season and the defense is still lacking. Then I would be a little bit more afraid. I would say he's, he's, he's Donovan has seemed more even on defense than he's, uh, than he's been on offense. Would you agree with that assessment? Yeah, he's a li- I mean, I mean, he's actually been more efficient from three this year. I mean, uh, so far this season than he has any other year. And so like his, you know, his deep offensive game looks really good, but he's maybe forcing a little bit more in the early games on offense. And I think that that is, could just be like early season jitters, you know, um, but also, I, you know, he's got to get out of sort of dribbling into traffic and then taking those tough twos. It's just it's not good offense for anyone. And, you know, the better that Donovan gets every year, guys are going to target him even more and try to give them their best shot. And so it, he can't do those things anymore. Um, well, if you played, if you played at Louisville and you played with Patino, he had to play defense. Um, it's not, it's not really an option. And, and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I thought one of the things I know, obviously things have changed in the last four years, but, wasn't one of the things about Donovan when he was drafted. One of his, one of his, I guess, strengths they listed was his defensive ability. Correct. Yeah. Uh, either, either him or D Brown, one of the two, I don't know. It was totally one of the reasons that he was picked. And it's also, I mean, it's something that he's like been very admittedly hard on himself about. Like he, he said multiple times, I mean, his defense is something that, he definitely was drafted for, he's talked about it. I mean, since the playoffs uh, during training camp and even after some of the games this season, he said, you know, that's one of the reasons that I was drafted. I want to be better on defense. And it's one of the things that I think that he not only wants to get better on just because like for personal goals and aspirations, but because, you know, he's getting a paid a buttload of money starting here in a few months and he needs to be that player. Like if he wants to play up to the contract, then he needs to be that player. Right. And, and if he wants to trigger the clause, that'll get him 
the extra money, he needs to be there for sure. Yeah. Right, right. I agree uh, with that. Oh, so, uh, so after the last pod, again, the Jazz had lost to Brooklyn, had lost to New York. Uh, and even the games against Detroit and Oklahoma City, uh, Logan had tweeted out that, you know, they didn't feel like great wins, you know, wins a win. But 7-4, the Jazz are still one of the top teams in the not just the West, the NBA, uh, with that record. Um, but is there some up? And, is there a concern that, that that this is up and down play, sir, or do you think this is normal and the Jazz are actually doing really well? Well, I mean, normal and doing really well are two completely different things. I think, especially when you're talking about the Jazz, because uh, yes, this up and down play is really normal for the Jazz. Uh, does that mean they're playing really well? No. <laughs> um, I think that you know the inconsistency that the Jazz play with is definitely a concern. Um, I don't, I don't know if they are going to break out of that this season and it's really too early in the season to, to decide that. Um, and if they are able to break out of that and play, it's not just about like wins and losses. It's about, you know, what they're doing through the first half of a game versus the second half, or like they play really well in the first quarter and then they look like dog crap in the third quarter. Like that's the kind of stuff that needs to stop. They need to be able to play like a 48 minute game or at the very least like a 36 minute game and look good through consistently through a game. And it's, they have the talent to do it. So that's not a question, but uh, I think, I don't, and I don't even know what it exactly it is to point to other than just like attitude and mentality, which is such cliche basketball stuff to talk about, but it really is. It's like they're focused. They have to be more focused. Yeah. So um, uh, that that's concerning a little bit, right? Because um, uh, there's a lot of jazz fans who want this team to be champion caliber. And it's funny. Cause like today after the trade, you know, you know, McKay from Humboldt press, Tony Jones, he has his own podcast, but I don't. I don't need to show up for him because he he gets plenty of listens. But um, uh, they were talking about how Houston. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Houston. yeah, it was funny. They just had a they just had a battle with uh, Jazz Notes over the name. Like, oh, <laughs> um, so um, uh, they uh, 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 they they talked about out to Jazz Notes. They talked about Houston being a playoff team still. Like, oh, you know, there's still a playoff team, which is funny to me that like they're fighting over. Houston being a playoff team, but being a playoff team is just not good enough for Jazz fans anymore. They, they want to be championship contenders. So, uh, do you see this Jazz team? Like, is there ceiling championship contenders? Like, can they? Can this Jazz team, the way they're constructed, the way they're playing, can they make it through all seventy-two games and you know through you know twelve to sixteen games in the playoffs to get to the finals? I mean, and again, we're talking about 11 games right now. And so I'm, I'm not going to like say like, yeah, the way they're playing, their ceiling is championship contender. Cause like the way they're playing right now is not, but if they're able to like pick it up and level things out and play more consistently and everybody kind of gets into a groove, which usually happens during the course of a season, but they're going to have to like carry it through to the end and just play amazing basketball in the playoffs. And the West is going to be a lot harder than it has been in the last few years. Like, and you're going to have different teams that you have to worry about. Like just because James Harden went to the Eastern conference and Houston is probably not, I don't think that Houston's a championship contender if they make the playoffs or whatever, but like, that's not the team you have to worry about. You got to worry about teams like, like the Dallas Mavericks. Like that's a team that you have to worry about. And that's going to be a team that you're going to have to worry about for many years to come because Luke is the kind of player that's going to take that team into the playoffs every single year. And so like, you're going to be coming up against the Lakers and the Clippers and the Mavericks and the Warriors probably who knows this year? I don't know. doesn't matter. But 
you're going to be coming up against those teams. And so it's not like you can just like slag off and win against the Washington Wizards and get into the second round. Like that's not the way it is in the West. Yeah. And the, the Jazz, um, uh, uh, again, well, uh, the Jazz are actually, you know, pretty high right now. Cause I can, but like this, it goes back to what I talked about before, right? Like the Jazz, there's like 20 teams like right in that middle tier that they're the West was like, everybody's like with like one game within each other from like two to 11. So it's a little crazy in the West this year. Yeah. Uh, but that's really all we have, right? We, we do want to get to uh, what we talked about on the last podcast with Sarah, because like when you first came on, you were new to Utah. You you hadn't watched the Jazz, so you uh, Logan reminded me that you went and watched rewatched all the Jazz games uh, over to to kind of um, uh, get get attuned to them. And during that time, I'm uh, like when you became the beat writer, the Jazz had like not lost a game. Um, uh, unfortunately, that streak was broken, folks. But um, Logan, I'm uh, since you were on the pod uh, as, as a host back then. Uh, what were you? What are some things that you noticed um, from that from that episode? Uh, well, first of all, I I do appreciate Sarah validating pretty much all of my thoughts and, and feelings on many of my my takes on the Jazz. A lot, a lot, the attitude and the effort. So many times, as fans, we typically like to just make excuses for why something isn't going the way it is. When we just need to say, be accountable and do what you need to do. Um, that that being said, the first thing is uh if you guys go back and listen to that podcast you'll enjoy it very very much because there's a little there's a little section there where jared and sarah go on for a while about how it was so drama filled to be covering the philadelphia 76ers and how happy that that was the best part of that podcast that was the best how happy she was to be in utah and not have to deal with any drama and then lo and behold lo, lo and behold rudy and don did who knows what with who knows who and there, there, there it was. It, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't lost on me that, 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 that it was. The, there was the relief that Sarah had, and then, and then Jared continually pumping her up and say, "Oh, you're, you're, you'll love it here. Nothing like that ever happens." And then they got Rudy and Don on the front of TMZ, which was, which was, which was my avi, which was my avi. Words to live by, right? Yeah, that's it, never going to happen here. It was. It, it, you just can't. You can't even. You can't even write it that well. Oh, that um, doesn't happen in Utah. Yeah. Oh, never. You'll love it here. It'll be great. Uh, then, then Rudy essentially. We're low COVID. key. We fly under the radar here. Yeah. It creates creates COVID shuts down the world. I was actually talking to a customer the other day, and I had to use Rudy. I had to use Rudy Gobert, not himself, but the NBA shutting down as the time that America finally started taking COVID serious because it was the it was the greatest reference point I could find. Um, but it's just that's 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 just the way it is. But anyway, I was supposed to have questions. I'm I'm rambling on here. Um, no, I appreciate that because I mean, I hadn't really thought of it and I was very relieved, you know, because uh, I covered the Warriors before and that I covered them when Mark Jackson was a coach and then when Steve Kerr was the coach also and through their first championship in 2015 and man, Mark, oh, man. Jackson, Mark Jackson was a load of drama in himself. And so like that, that was a whole, we, we really ordeal really missed the boat by not by not coming with some mark jackson questions here because you know <laughs> i know but my, my, my i, I know that we that. hate him here yeah i know that was the guy my, that tried was, to supplant john stockton will never be forgiven yeah i was i I'm was, not, I was d- debating that as i pre- pre- prepared my questions but i'm like my dislike for the man is so strong I, I don't even i don't even acknowledge him i mean i'm i have made 
no bones and no secret about the fact that I do not care for Mark Jackson as a person, as a coach, as a commentator, definitely not. Um, I just, I, I think that he's a bad guy and uh, he's a very weird coach and really controlling and he was bad at that too. And I've made no bones or no secrets about that over the years, but all of that to say, I went from that to then the Sixers and the process and then like burner gate with Brian Colangelo and the whole Mark Fultz thing. And like Ben Simmons being the biggest diva in the world. And then I got here and it was relief. It was nice. It was like the mountainous beauty of Utah and a small market team. And then it was like, the world is on fire. <laughs> They're coming after our guys. Uh, <laughs> jazz jazz fans wanted that media coverage they wanted it they wanted, oh, Woj bom- you, they wanted Woj bombs and they got Woj bombs jazz fans always get what they wish for in a form that they don't expect it to, to, to happen yeah. <laughs> like it's like instant karma for this fan base man it's crazy um, what so, so so sarah sarah how do you can i'm cur- curious as to what you think like because you you have covered some very different fan bases and my outside perception of of the fan base in Oakland, I guess they're in Oakland. Um, and then Philadelphia and, and, and yeah, the true fan base. And then, and then Philadelphia is a whole different animal throwing snowballs at Santa Claus. And, and then, and then Utah, how, how do the jazz fans rank? Cause obviously we're in our own little bubble here and we think that we're, you know, we, we have a certain vision of ourselves, but how do you view the jazz fans, you know, compared to the other, the other two fan bases you've had a lot of interaction with? Every fan base kind of views themselves through a light. Like we're the craziest ones. We go, we are, we ride the roller coaster the hardest, you know? And I think that for the most part, like all fan bases are incredibly similar. Like the differences are like, um, like between those three fan bases, the ones that I've covered are, are not about like their fandom necessarily. It's more like about in the, the personality of it. So, you know, Golden State fans are very like, um, like ride or die to their geographical area. So like the Oakland yeah. fans are like, we're the original. E40, we're the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. And then Philly fans are like, um, I think that they, because they have the reputation of being like crazy and mean and like hostile, they just like, they, they're not that much meaner or <laughs> crazier than other fans, but like they, they scream about the fact that they are. And so, and then like Utah fans, and when I first got here, they're like, oh, we can, we can be a little, you know, reactionary and like very whiny. And then, you know, I've been here for a year now. It's like, you're just as whiny as everyone else. So it's fine. (laughs) We're nothing special. That's what, that's what I was getting at. That's what I was hoping to hear. You you, you took it away from jazz. Did you say that we're we're more insecure though? Like, I feel like jazz fandom is particularly insecure. No, she just said it's all the same, Jared. She just said it's all the same. (laughs) <laughs> literally just said it shut yeah. up i think i mean i mean every fan base i mean unless you're like a fan base of like i think the lakers the celtics teams that have won like multiple titles and have that to their name like or even like the heat in recent yeah, day, like heat. heat culture right yeah, heat culture right so like those fan bases Beatles. are like mm-hmm. very high and mighty but all of the other fan bases are like incredibly insecure it's like we never win anything <laughs> like nothing ever goes right and it's like all the same stuff 
I'm still laughing about how you you spent a couple minutes talking about how all the, all the fan bases are the same. And Jared's like, but no, we just, shut up, shut yeah, up. I, I, right? I just wanted something unique for Utah. Come on, come on. <laughs> I wanted a little insight. That's all I'm asking. For. Logan, you got anything else before uh, we we? Um, I don't even know. I don't even know if we have time for Nugget Punch today. But go for it, Logan. Anything else here? Oh uh, yes. No, I don't. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to the Nugget Toss today. I heard that Jared had a. a we lunch. have a Clarkson oh. pouch, bitch. Yeah, well, it's not a pouch, but uh, yeah, I decided to leave it. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna. It's gonna come really strong. Find the pocket. I, 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 Whatever. I've got. A, I've got a new holder of the pouch. We've. All it's right. no longer. We've moved it from Antonio McDice and Rafe LaFrance. And there's a, a little special tree that's bound to make people very. It's going to cause a very strong reaction. In the business. And that's all I'm going to say. All right. So Jared mm. uh, demanded that he have a Clarkson corner here. So. Uh, Go for it. Yeah, there you go. Clarkson Corner, that works very well. Well, first, I'm just going to start off with like, can I borrow a feeling? Can you lend me a jar of What love? are you doing? Stop. Now, I mean, it's, a Simpsons, <laughs> it's a Simpsons thing. It's a, it's a, it's the episode where uh, Milhouse's dad is trying to get back with Milhouse's mom and he, he like, you can, can you give... <laughs> <laughs> help do a favor for a guy in love and then they start playing this music Wait, who is this segment for exactly <laughs> it, it was it's for jordan clarkson okay so i just want to say that the jazz went to sex land and jordan clarkson got some so there you go guys he is in the currently as it stands statistically he he is on track for the 50 40 90 club which is actually kind of incredible even through 11 games that's Especially for uh, this is the most player. efficient he's ever been in his whole career, That's and it's kind of crazy. It's just nuts. All right, well, um, uh, guys, it's been Jordan so Clarkson's fun. great. Jordan Clarkson is great. I'm gonna I stand for Jordan Clarkson also. So yes, thank you, thank you. Because who is a big Jordan Clarkson doubter, and you know who you you were never a believer. You're never gonna be a believer, and we're never gonna let that go. Keegs, shout out to Keegs. Him and I. Called the the Jordan Clarkson takeover. So there you go. All right, folks, this has been really fun. He's, Thanks, he, uh, he, NBA. Sarah. He's no Mil- he's, he's no he's no Milt Palacio. <laughs> After the crunch. All right. Well, Sarah, thanks for joining us late night here um, uh, and uh, getting us through us. So we're doing Zoom today, which is uh, so I, I get to see uh, Jared's Hawaiian shirt. Uh, Logan, as always, is naked, so he has no video on. So thanks, thank you, Logan. Um, You're welcome. So we, what did you say? Said you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, uh, uh, Jared. I'm a, where can they find you on Twitter? Do what? Where can where? they find you on Twitter? <laughs> what? Why are you talking about Twitter? I don't know. Where can you find right. me on Twitter? You, uh, you say you say my handle more than I do on this podcast. So it's like I don't. Honestly, uh, honestly, I'm, I have too much uh, weird notoriety on there. I, I want less notoriety. Um, well, don't don't worry. The, the the eighty listeners are probably already following me right now. <laughs> okay, uh, Logan. Uh, I I don't even I don't think I don't think most of them are on Twitter because they talk about us more on Jazz Facebook than on Twitter. Like um, I've legitimately seen conversations where we came up as a good podcast to listen to. So we are I'll say this podcast. also about fan bases that <laughs> that uh, insert any name of a team Facebook. Uh, is almost always the most toxic place to be. <laughs> insert, insert the name of anything Facebook is the most toxic place to be. Uh, That's absolutely true. Absolutely. Sarah Todd writes for D News. Um, uh, you can go read her. She does uh, a Q and A every Sunday. Is that right? Is it every Sunday that you do a Q and A? 
the mailbag. Uh, it used to be every Sunday, and now uh, it's just whenever I want to get enough questions from people and ask for them. So, but you can always send me questions for the mailbag uh, on Twitter or at my email, which is publicly available. And the name of your pod is is through KSO, right? Is and it's is it Jazz Notes? Yeah, Jazz Notes. Um, I'm on there regularly with Ben Anderson. So. Gotcha. Fun fact, I have never met Ben Anderson yet, but, you know, that's a lot of COVID-related stuff, too. So, um, at NBA Sarah, because, uh, you know, she was first, so she gets to be NBA Sarah. She, she did it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at Dragon Swatch, I'm uh, Logan. I'm uh, You were all I ever wanted. I'm, uh, I wanted to be like you. Um, so, I'm, uh, just, you know, I'm, uh, you can follow him at Dragon Swatch on Twitter. Logan, thanks for uh, joining us again, as always. I don't know what those words mean, but I hope it doesn't tie into George Yang in some form uh, or fashion. Um, by but, the way, I would be remiss if I forgot to shout out uh, at Hoodie Byron for pointing out the fact that Jordan Clarkson is a future member of the 5090 Club. Thanks, Hoodie Byron. You're the best. Hat tip. Hat tip. It's a roundabout way of being connected to George Yang in a minivan there. Uh, as we yeah, said, I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't have, I don't have hate. I don't, I don't have hate, and I don't have love for him. I just don't want to hear about him. So, Absolute uh, indifference, which is the perfect it, way to be a fan of a player. <laughs> exactly, but uh, yeah, just, just real quick, I, just, just <laughs> uh, George, George, George. I lost, I, I lost my train hey, of thought. Now, you're transferring now to the twos and threes. You have to get I'm, on board. I'm with, the only one with the George about. Love. So. I'm like, the only if one you talking. don't, they'll kick you off that. Yeah, I'm the only one talking about George somehow, some way, which that's, I guess that's karma. Yeah. Um, you but, love yeah, him no, so much. I, I do. I'm, I'm, All right. I'm making my own George Nang sweater as we speak. Okay, breaking news. Logan is behind the George Nang minute tracker. Uh, that's his burner. I, I was accused of that by multiple people, and I, <laughs> unfortunately it is not me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you were actually accused of it. That's great. Yeah, because the, 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 the night he debuted, like three we had, you and I had a conversation. Like, who is this guy? No. This person is amazing. We should ask if they'll be on the podcast. No, it's it's. All a, right. And then he had a good game, and I was like, oh, we're not going to get any minute this tracker. Is, this is why we can't get our podcast <laughs> the forty-five minutes because we just BS for the, the the last like fifteen. All right, folks, thanks for joining us. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to everything that I knew, and we will see you guys next time. Tears from behind my eyes, but I do not cry. You guys were right. I see, I, I see James right now, and you guys are correct. The midsection is still fluffy. I was wrong. I, I wow. told you he's hangover bloated. Oh, wow. <laughs> we just call that our 30s. Uh, who is dro- dro- does drop out every once in a while, so I don't know what's going on with that. Just like high school, six to nine, which means you need to close down the hub windows. Exactly. Exactly. Hang on, everybody, pause. Cut this part out. Do it in post. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so late. I need need to go give Kyrie a bath. So I'll talk to you later. Fight about things. I love the people fight. the, (laughs) The best parts of the low post are when he starts rambling about some stupid topic, and the other guys like. Like today, Chris Herring was just like, "Oh man, you're going on this great like." What I'm like, hearing <laughs> is that you love Zach Lowe. I will yes. see his love. <laughs> he has brought Lopez uh, an enormous amount of uh, time today.
are. What are you doing? Stop. 